Welcome to the Sunday Service Podcast of First Universalist Church, a Unitarian Universalist congregation located in Minneapolis, Minnesota. We are a radically welcoming and progressive religious community, deeply committed to love, justice, spiritual growth, and living out our values in the world. To learn more, visit us online at firstuniversalistchurch.org.
Good morning. Oh my goodness. People came to church. You came to church. Yes. Outside in this most beautiful day. It is so good to be with you, to co-create this time of togetherness and care and compassion and change together. I'm Dr. Glenn Thomas Rideout, and it's uh, an honor to be with you as uh, Director of Worship Arts for First Universalist Church of Minneapolis. Oh, y'all, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, let me, okay, let me, let me teach you something from Baltimore. Okay, um, when somebody says your name, it's especially when, when they say it in public, it should be followed by a celebration that sounds like you really love the sound of your name. Okay, so let's try it again. Let's try. Okay, I'm Director of Worship Arts proudly for First Universalist Church of Minneapolis. Yeah, that's, that's how we do it. <laughs> there are like 20 of us, that's, that's my extra version for the day. I understand. <laughs> I'm joined in leading this service uh, with the natural world in church and community uh, with Amy Bryant, with the Reverend Ashley Horan, and it's a delight to uh, introduce and welcome to meet you face to face in, in this way on this morning. Uh, our Interim Director of Children, Youth, and Family Ministries, uh, please give it up for Allison Connolly-Vetter. Good morning. It is so good to be coming to you in this new role. It is such an exciting opportunity. So looking forward to meeting each of you and your families, getting to meet our kids and our youth getting to collaborate in the ways that we grow and nourish together, the ways that we play together, the ways that we experience challenge and hard times together. I'm really looking forward to this opportunity to, uh, to come into this community, into this congregation this year. Please take a minute to find me after worship. I'd love to get to know you, to meet you face to face. Uh, one logistical note, it's not church without announcements. Uh, when we dismiss our children and youth, they're going to go join her route in the back. They will go over the hill to the playground. So if you're picking up your kids after church, you're gonna pick them up at the playground over there. Again, so uh, excited to be coming to you in this role and looking forward to getting to know you all. When thinking about this service and, the, and what we did last year, I, immediately, what immediately came to mind was how far apart we sometimes get, especially from this side to this side. So especially for the deep introverts in, uh, I was gonna say in the room. Um, yeah, it's all, it's, all, it's all one room, right? Um, I, let me give you a fair warning. On the other side of the poem I'm going to read to open our time together, I'm going to ask you to join me and Amy for some singing a little bit closer to the center, okay? It's temporary. You can take your seats afterward. It's all right. But for those, for those who, can be, uh, who can get to the center, 
um, we're going to just crowd up there uh, and, uh, and sing a little bit. Uh, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Just trust me. When I, when I have an opportunity to wake in the morning and get outside, when I have the opportunity to be with the grass within half an hour of my waking up, when that is the fortune and the privilege of my day, of the start to the day, almost always a single poem comes to mind. If you know me, you know what the poem is. If you don't know what the poem is, here it goes. I thank you, God, for most this amazing day, E.E. E. Cummings writes, for the leafing, leaping greenly spirits of trees and a blue and white true dream of sky, and for everything which is natural, which is human, which is infinite, which is yes. I who have died am alive again today, and this is the sun's birthday. This is the birthday of life and love and wings and of the gay, great happening, illimitably Earth. How should tasting, touching, hearing, seeing, breathing any lifted from the know of all nothing, human, merely being, how can it doubt unimaginable you? The poet concludes, now the ears of my ears are awake. Now the eyes of my eyes are open. Ooh, y'all, it's singing time. <laughs> All right, so um, what we're trying to do is have this side uh, of us, we're going to bunch in toward the center, and this side of us bunch in toward the center, and we're going to sing a we're going to sing a round and another song uh, together. So come on, come on up, come on. Yes, we're coming down too. Okay, here we go. Okay, intermittent um, amplification. Cool. Okay, this first one is 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 pretty simple. It goes: Morning has come. Night way. Rock on rock with the sun. And welcome the day. Morning has come. Night is away. Rise with the sun. Yeah, this one's longer. Rise with the sun and welcome the day. Cool. It goes, morning has come, night is away. 
rise with the sun. Welcome a day. Your turn. Yes, yes, night with the sun and welcome the that I think we need to do. I think that's great. Check, check. Oh, it's working. <laughs> so this song um, is called Breathing In, Breathing Out. The words are by Thich Nhat Hanh, and the melody is by mystery. <laughs> it goes like this. There's some gestures, too, so get your body involved. Breathing in, breathing out. Will you breathing in, breathing out. And then we do that again. Breathing in, breathing out. And then we say, I am blooming as a flower. Your turn. I am blooming as a flower. I am fresh as the dew. I am fresh as the dew. I am solid as a mountain. I am solid as a mountain. I am firm as the earth. I am free, I am free, I am free. I am 
I'll sing the whole thing through, and you can join in if you want, and then we'll sing it all together. Breathing in, breathing out, breathing in, breathing out. I am blooming as a flower. I am fresh as the dew. I am solid as a mountain. I am firm as the earth. I am free, I am free, I am free. We do that twice. I am free, I am free, I am free. All together. Breathing in. Breathing out. Breathing in. Breathing out. I am blooming. flower. I am fresh. I am as the dew. As the dew. Oh, there's a mountain. I am solid as a mountain. Firm as the earth. I am free. I am free. Again. I am free. I am free. I am free. Let's talk. it. back if you have to. But feel free to stay right there. Meanwhile, I'll say that the flame behind me holds a chalice cup. The chalice cup with the flame is a symbol of Unitarian Universalism all over the world and all across time. For us, the symbol used to be placed in World War II in the windows of the Unitarian Service Committee so that people who were suffering persecution could know that they had an ally inside of whatever building that was. And in the same vein, let us take the message of our ancestor Unitarianists. Let us take the message that it is ours to provide sanctuary in our hearts for one another. That it is ours to tend the, whole, the, the home that is this earth. That it is ours to make community one with another. It's not just a time to sit and look at the earth, 
It's a time to feel your feet connected to the earth. And in that, deepen your relationship with all that has ever existed. We light the chalice for this sanctuary home. May our hearts be prepared, may our hands be ready, may our feet move in the direction of freedom for ourselves and for each other. We are going, heaven knows where we are going, but we know within, and we will get there, heaven knows how we will get there, but we know we will, it will be hard, it will be hard, we know, and the road will be muddy and rough, but we'll get there. Heaven knows how we will get there, but we know. One more time. We are going, heaven knows where we are going, but we know with it, and we will get there, and we will get there, heaven knows how we will get there, but we know with it, it will be hard, it will be hard, we Building a Common Life by Aaliyah Kemmler. Last fall, our weekly small town newspaper had two stories I loved. One was a thank you note from the animal control office to several residents for rescuing a herd of five ponies and one goat. Apparently, the goat figured out how to unlock the barn gate and liberated everyone while the owners were away. The ponies and goats were trotting down the road towards Dunkin' Donuts and who knows where else. Neighbors gathered, identified, and recognized the runways, the runaways, and everyone got safely back to their barn. The second story was a plea from a reporter asking the person who had stolen a styrofoam gravestone to please return it to its rightful owner with no questions asked. The gravestone's creator sets up a free haunted house for the neighborhood kids every Halloween. We were all encouraged to keep an eye out for the missing gravestone, 
which at four feet tall, quote, should be hard to hide. The next week, we thankfully got the reassuring news, the gravestone had been returned. This is small town life at its best. Drivers stop to let you in, because if you cut someone off, you'll see them later at the post office. At the dump, people put on, set out their useful junk on a concrete wall so you can get rid of your own trash and come home with someone else's. We use town meetings as our form of governance, which means sitting in the middle school auditorium and voting on important things, like whether we can afford a new senior center by raising our hands. There are no secret ballots, relatively few secrets at all, and for almost 400 years, people have managed to live together here despite fierce disagreements. But these are not the best of times. Around the same time, the runaway goat and missing gravestone, our elected town leaders proposed putting up stones at all the town entrances engraved with the words, all are welcome, and it quickly turned terrible. The welcome stones uncovered ugly things, mistrust, fear, racism, homophobia, barely buried beneath the surface of this rocky New England soil. Words like illegals and criminal elements were spoken. There were warnings about busloads of pedophiles and rapists who would arrive once the stones were set up. The church I serve was accused of promoting a pro-gay, pro-immigrant agenda, which I was proud to confirm. When it came time to take the vote, after weeks of bitter argument and contempt on all sides, I had to force myself to keep my eyes open. I didn't want to see who voted no, but I knew I needed to look. I knew I needed to see my neighbors' faces in a moment which felt like a referendum on our community's heart. The vote to keep the welcome stones passed by a solid margin, for which I am grateful, but it was a painful time. And still, I choose to believe in community. I choose to believe in the difficult, slow work of building a common life. I believe in the strength and goodness of neighbors living side by side, finding each other's lost goats and gravestones, even when we do not agree about things that matter deeply. The welcome stones have been put into place now. The best hopes of those of us who wanted them have not come to pass, and neither have the worst fears of those who did not. Time will inevitably soften the edges of these stones. I pray we will become more able to live in to the welcome they proclaim. In the meantime, we are still here our lives interwoven in this place we call home. This is a good time with the blessing of children moving toward play.
to remember joy and play ourselves. And I can think of no better time than to remember the covenant that we keep with one another. It goes like this, love is the spirit of this church. Love is the spirit of this church. And service is its law. This is our great covenant. To dwell together in peace. To seek the truth in love. And to help one another. There should be a line about play in there. I challenge someone to write the next update and have it put that, put the playground in there so we can have a reason and an excuse. May all of our work be blessed with joy. May all of our work deepen and enrich us until we come together again. Ricardo Levins Morales, artist, cultural organizer, movement builder, and one of our local treasures here in Minneapolis. If you don't know his store, go and visit. You know his art, I promise. Ricardo talks about the idea that when our goal is fundamentally to transform the world, the soil is more important than the seeds. He says, almost anything will grow in rich, nutritious soil, whereas it's hard to get anything to grow if the soil is barren and toxic, no moisture. The seeds are our projects, our initiatives, our campaigns, our organizations, our congregations. But the soil is the compost of beliefs, ideas, values, narratives that create the environment in which we're working. So, for example, if you're trying to keep trans kids alive, by providing access to life-saving, gender-affirming health care, allowing them to use the bathroom at school, play sports, request to be called by the name and the pronouns that they have chosen for themselves. If this is what you're trying to do, it's going to be hard if everybody knows that gender is binary and Gender dysphoria is just a mental and moral sickness caused by the wokies and the groomers, the people who want to prey on vulnerable kids. In other words, as Morales says, it's, whether it's about abortion or democracy or racial justice or queer and trans rights, he says, for 40 years, the right wing has devoted themselves largely to preparing the soil. And that includes saying things that at first sound crazy, fighting for things that are not winnable yet because they're investing in the future. And 10 years later, it won't sound crazy and they will win. We are living in that moment, friends, in which we are seeing the seeds of greed, violence, exploitation, authoritarianism pullulate 
burst through the earth and into the light, greedily unfurling vines and tendrils and leaves that proliferate so quickly it feels like the seedlings of hope and liberation that so many of us have been nurturing our whole lives. Those seedlings are withering and dying before they ever see the sun. In moments like these, many of us reach for our pruning shears, our herbicides, our weed whackers, and we try and beat back the overgrowth. We fight the bills. We march in protest. We set up crisis hotlines and harm reduction strategies. But the problem, my friends, with invasive species that have taken root in well-tilled soil is that by the time you've eradicated their rhizomes and runners in one patch of earth, they have taken root in a dozen others. And the prospect of preparing the soil for our own imagined germination becomes an evanescent dream that burns away in the scorching light of reality. And yet, Ricardo Levens Morales reminds us that in times such as these, earth tilling is our most critical spiritual task. What stories, he asks us, what narratives, what beliefs, if they were widely disseminated in the soil of our communities, would make it easy to win? On our best days, communities of faith are fundamentally about the work of tilling and preparation within me, within you, within us, within the world. When we are at our best, this church, and the church universal, we turn over the earth in everything we do, in our worship and our governance, in our faith formation and our justice making, in our offerings of hospitality and our tending of broken hearts, we are surfacing the fertile soil of radical welcome, of healing and reparation, of collective liberation. So what stories? Beloveds, if they were widely disseminated in the soil of our communities, would make it easy for those seeds of love, of justice, of thriving and peace to take root. By whatever name we call it, the posture of attention and intention that we take during the practice that some describe as prayer is an act of tending the soil. This morning, as we enter into a few moments of silence and shared respiration and aspiration, you hear the spire in there too? We're breathing together, aspiring, conspiring, inspiring. Dig deep with me. Let's begin with a few breaths and a moment of silence. And we pray. Spirit of unfurling possibility and tenacious flourishing. We hear you. 
even in the midst of political cruelty and personal struggle, even as the waters rise and the earth burns, even in the midst of all that would desiccate and deplete us, you are calling us to unearth different stories. We're listening. We hear you whispering. We are all radically interdependent with the entirety of creation. We are all beloved and worthy just the way we are. These are the stories of possibility and hope. We are all capable of repair, of change, of healing. We are all created for pleasure, for justice, for thriving and joy. These are the narratives of redemption and transformation. We are all called to be shapers of a world in which everyone is free. We are all held in a love that will not let us go. This is the rich soil of liberation, the very ground of faith. And together, as we aspire and conspire and inspire, I invite you to speak a story aloud, a word, a phrase. Be audacious enough to speak it as if it were true whisper or shout. May this community be about the work of tilling and preparation. Keep our hands on the plow. May we all, may all we do together infuse the earth with the richness of possibility. So more justice, more love, more possibility might take root. May it be so. Blessed be Ashe and Amen.
faith must be about the work of preparing the soil of our culture, yes. But we must also tend to the seeds. Our projects, our initiatives, our campaigns, our organizations, and our institutions. These structures are the natural outgrowth of that rich soil, and they require our care and attention to flourish. Today, we invite you to join in the shared act of generosity, of collectively tending to the health and growth of two institutions. The first is the Minneapolis Crisis Nursery. As a trusted resource for families, the nursery focuses on prevention by offering free, voluntary services for parents who face barriers, such as unemployment, homelessness, medical or mental health concerns, poverty, domestic violence, or other difficult situations. The Minneapolis Crisis Nursery envisions a community free of child abuse and neglect, where every child has a safe family environment in which to grow and thrive. The second recipient of your generosity today will be this congregation, in particular in support of moments like this one where the members and friends who make up First Universalist Church are present with the world beyond our building's walls. It matters that we till the soil of possibility in public, that we speak and act and accompany and witness to our deepest values where others can also be nourished by them. And as it turns out, even the work of enriching the soil requires some good gardening tools and a shed to keep them in. Today you can give by dropping your offering in the basket, the little boxes that are coming around, or you can take out your phone, open your cash app, and use the cash tag FIRSTUNIV, F-I-R-S-T-U-N-I-V. Directions will be forthcoming in your newsletter as well. Friends, for all that we have received and all that we have found the courage to give, May we be truly thankful. It's been a long hard night I've been waiting for the morning It's been a long hard fight But I see a brand new day dawning I've been looking for the sunshine I ain't seen it 
for so long Everything's gonna be alright Everything's gonna work out fine It's gonna be okay I can see the light of a clear blue morning I can see the light of a brand new day I can see the light of a clear blue morning Everything's gonna be Everything's gonna work out fine. It's gonna be okay. It's been a long, long time since I've known the taste of freedom. And those clinging vines that had me bound, well, I don't need them. I've been like a captured eagle. You know, an eagle's born to fly. I've won my freedom like an eagle. I'm eager for the sky. And I can see the light of a clear blue morning. I can see of a brand new day I can see the light of a clear blue morning Everything's gonna be alright Everything's gonna work out fine It's gonna be okay Everything's gonna be alright Everything's gonna work out fine It's gonna be okay That's how you tend the soil. These are the words of the prophet Maya Angelou. We, unaccustomed to courage, exiles from delight, live coiled in shells of loneliness until love leaves its high holy temple and comes into our sight to liberate us into life.
love arrives. And in its train come ecstasies, old memories of pleasure, ancient histories of pain. Yet if we are bold, love strikes away the chains of fear from our souls. We are weaned from our timidity in the flush of love's light. We dare be brave. And suddenly we see that love costs all we are and will ever be. Yet it is only love which sets us free. to 
I'm at work, y'all. I just want to, I just, I'm at work. <laughs> thank you, Amy. Thank you, Ashley. Show of hands, anybody been a Unitarian Universalist long enough to remember when we used to practice elevator speeches? Okay, all right. Elevator speeches, those mythic, perfect sound morsels that, when gotten just right, so the legend tells, could explain to a total stranger and to our faith and our faith practice the essence of Unitarian Universalism. Remember how diligently we referenced this apparition, the elevator speech, of which we had all heard tell, but none of us had really actually heard done perfectly? Still, we celebrated the devising and the derivation, the wordsmithing. Perhaps it was comfortable it was a comforting notion that there might be something uncomplicated and simple to say about a religion without a simple bone in its body. Maybe if we dreamed or worked or fashioned or reasoned hard and long enough, even our faith could be tackled and tamed by the human brain articulate. We never practiced well for the follow-up questions, though, did we? Those of you who remember elevator speeches, do you remember how mesmerizingly unanswerable all those questions seemed to be? I call them Uber driver questions now. Uh, from the time when I worked in Ann Arbor, and the two days a week I would take an Uber back and forth, sometimes I would be too tired to forget that if you want to have a quiet conversation with yourself, you should not tell the person close to you that you are a minister and a musician. It starts conversation with everyone. And of course, we have the follow-up questions that come in that all-too-awkward car ride. Stunned awake to questions you weren't even sure had answers, per se, and never had thought to wonder. What do y'all believe, then? So who do you pray to? Do you have a pastor? I was asked last week by a nun. <laughs> do y'all believe in heaven? And do you remember the simultaneous befuddlement and scrappy, smiling elbow grease we put into trying to answer, trying to articulate anyway why there was no answer, or no one answer. Our faith comes in the forms of welcomes beyond our current capabilities, and in the ability to grow embraces in shapes we couldn't currently imagine. It comes from believing that God, that love, that justice, that liberty works in ways so unrelenting and ubiquitous that the modern tongue has to sprint to try and name it. 
This love which knows only, which only knows all things and every body, calls us forth to build structures untethered to discrimination. Decision, exemption, selection. And in the name of this love, in the name of this, we face challenges even bigger than we have ever dreamed of before. In the name of this faith that is bigger than belonging itself, we lean in and we tried to speak for it with whatever words we could in hopes that someday somebody might just hear a glint of the joy in the tone of the words riding off our tongue and might wordlessly themselves notice the flame. In the time when technology and awareness are growing faster than the speed of light, when inequalities in Minneapolis alone are larger than, than speakable by all, all by themselves, when the planet is literally drowning and the world is on fire, love is calling the church to lean in and tell the message as best we can of the hope beyond words we believe in. We are called now to learn our way past old pettiness and, and relationship in primary color, toward living lives which tell the truth of the chance we've got at changing our world with collective action well done, starting right here. But I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. It seems everything is changing, right? As soon as we grasp on to what we think pronouns are, they change. And as soon as we grasp on to that, the concept of pronouns is disappearing and gender and, and it feels like everything we move through all of the places our money comes from, all of the places our, our traditions come from, all of the places where, uh, where we have built our lives seem to be, for so many of us, in flux. We're called to change our understanding. I just came by to encourage you and to remind you that change beyond what we can currently imagine is the tradition of the church. We are now called to do the same thing our forebears did. And it was hard for them too. It was unimaginable, the church, that they were trying to build. But remember that one day you walked, and it may have been today, you walked into a place where the day before love had called the church, to build a place where gay people could feel safe in their faith. Called a place uh, where excommunicated and ex-Catholics could feel safe in their faith. Where atheists could feel safe in their faith. 
where houses with divorced parents could feel safe in raising their children and liberals and conservatives could be together and feel safe in their faith. And generations and interfaith families could live as one, questing after unity. That church you're living now was impossible yesterday. And the church we are being called to be is impossible to us now. But remember, you were on an elevator. And there were no words for the faith you believed in. And you leaned in anyway. And you tried with the material that you had on your tongue to explain and to represent and to live out the faith on the off chance that one person might see the flame. And they would burn, too, with the fire of commitment. We don't get off that easily, my friends. Love is calling us to change. Love is calling our church to grow. We'll need to let go of some things. We'll need to change some things beyond what we identified. But let us remember while we are by the water to be like water, to be able to change our shape and not lose our name, to be able to mold into what the world is calling us to be, to change the world in the shape of love's call. I believe it's our calling, our possibility, our mission, our destiny, and I believe in you. I remind you in the name of love. So may it be that we are the ones that we have been waiting for. Amen. We are the ones, we are the ones, we've been waiting. Oh, I forgot to say, we're doing this together again. This is the last, we're going to do one last hymn and we're going to come together. It's going to be great. It's going to be just as great as the last time. It goes, we are the ones we have been waiting for. This is the prayer, the chant that goes into your day. It's the earworm that will greet you on Wednesday morning in the middle of your coffee. And it will remind you what June Jordan says to all of us in her poem, we are the ones, not the future, we are the ones who are building the church that we want to see in the world. I invite you to rise and get close. Come on, come on. Come on, get like a family reunion. It's like, it's the, it's the middle of the summer, we're outside. We've been sitting on time, it's hot. There's gonna be food in a minute. Okay. It goes like this. We are the ones, we are the ones, we've been waiting. Try that. We are the ones, we are the ones, we've been waiting. One more time. We are the ones, we are the ones, we've been waiting. Again. We are the ones, we are the ones, we've been waiting. Somebody go. We are the ones, we are the ones, 
We've been waiting. Your turn. We are the ones. We are the ones. We've been waiting. Again, again. We are the ones. We are the ones. We've been waiting. Last time. We are the ones. We are the ones. We've been waiting. Where's that bottom part? We are the ones. We are the ones. We've been waiting. Take either one. We are the ones. We are the ones. We've been waiting. Listen, last part goes, we are the ones we've been waiting for. Your turn. We are the ones we've been waiting for. Again. We are the ones we've been waiting for. Last time, we are the ones. We've been waiting for. I can feel in your hands, I can feel the spirit of percussion happening right now. I can feel it. Okay, somebody help me keep a beat, will you? Best rhythm heard at this park all day. Look, yeah. Yeah, somebody make the beat more interesting. We are the ones, we are the ones we've been waiting. We are the ones, we are the ones we've been waiting. Here we go. We are the ones, we are the ones we've been waiting. We are the ones, we are the ones we've been waiting. We are, we are the ones we've been waiting for. Where'd the percussion section go? We are the ones we've been waiting for. We are the ones we've been waiting for. We are the ones we've been waiting for. Four more. Here we go. We are the ones we've been waiting for. Three more. We are the ones we've been waiting for. Two more. We are the ones we've been waiting for. Time. We are. We've been waiting for. Every next moment of all time is calling us now into itself, calling us to expand the possibilities of our minds, expand the confines of our hearts, unshackle our feet from the habits that keep us from liberation. What does that mean in plain English? It means go into the world and change something. Make sure one of those things that you change is you. Go into the world and dance for a reason, and no reason at all. Don't you dare go through this week and not laugh at a joke until your belly hurts. Live the fullness of your life because each moment we are given 
by the future that greets us is an opportunity to change the world just by living in love. Let that be the start of this day, now, always, and until we meet again. Peace, friends. We got one tradition, and we always end services with this song. Who wants to start it? Thank you, beloved. Where you go, I will go. Where you go? Where you go, I will go, beloved. Where you go, I will go. Your people and your people are my people. Your people are mine. Your people are my people. Your divine, my divine. One more time. Where you go, where you go, I will go, beloved. Where you go, I will go. Thanks for listening to this podcast from First Universalist Church of Minneapolis. We're a faith community committed to racial justice, and together we give, receive, and grow in the universalist spirit of love and hope. To learn more about who we are and our ministry, please visit us online at firstuniversalistchurch.org. Have a great day. Go in peace.